Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills Podcast. Dag Heward Mills Podcast is a broadcast outreach of Dag Heward Mills Ministries, which has the duty to bring you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor Dag Heward Mills. Until a Christian gets involved in the work of God, their life cannot be supernatural, nor can it be truly exciting. This Monday's message serves as your invitation to enter into an exciting life by deciding to be a believer who gets involved with the work of God. Discover nine adventures that God granted Elijah and find out how you too can experience that same excitement in your Christian walk after listening to today's spirit-filled message.
Hallelujah. Have you been blessed by our mini concert this afternoon? Amen. Well, I have good news for you. It's time for the word of God. And daddy's back home. Oh, I don't think you heard. He said daddy's back home. Are you excited? And we want to say welcome home to daddy and the whole crusade team. Um, I don't know if you know that there are other first love pastors who are also part of the crusade team. And the whole family is home this afternoon. Amen. Oh, are you excited? I can't feel your... And I want to say welcome back. We were watching as God was doing wonders in Cameroon. And for the last two Sundays, we were watching videos. Do you remember? And uh, we were so awed by what God was doing. And I'm just grateful to God that they are back. When I... Since they arrived till now, every time I see their faces, I realize that, wow, people have been gone for a long time. It's been two weeks, but it feels like a very long time. But I'm glad God has brought them home safely. And our prophet is home. And I'm excited to hear what God has to say to me. From Bafosam to Bafia to Betoa to Abombang and to Eboloa. I don't know where these places are, but he's home right here in Medina. And I know God is about to transform your life. And I believe nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Sing with me, nothing is impossible. for your spirit of life lead us we pray 
through your word and bring us to the place you have planned for us. We are grateful in the name of Jesus. Everyone just pray and ask God to give you the spirit of revelation this morning. to give you the spirit of revelation open your eyes father thank you thank you thank you thank you for your blessing today in jesus mighty name we pray with thanksgiving and everyone said amen you may be seated i want to welcome you all to church i want to welcome those online Online, yeah. Um, Facebook, YouTube, like, share, thumbs up, subscribe. You know what to do. We want to see more people joining the program. Amen. If you don't share and subscribe and like, We'll go offline and we'll delete the program and you'll not see it. So make sure you share. We want to know that you are there. Send us a message, a comment. Share the program. Amen. That is a blessing. Now, we are this bringing you greetings from Cameroon. We had a crusade. Yeah. Cameroon is a beautiful country. I think they have more forests, more trees, logs, far more than Ghana. I saw trucks with tree trunks every day. I mean, they, I, they must have a huge forest. I don't see such things in Ghana. We used to see, but I think it's finished. So they are still cutting theirs. And uh, it's a very huge country and also a beautiful country. Amen. Oh, yes, you'll be there. We are going to be sending more missionaries to Cameroon. When I went to some of the cities, I said, oh, we really need to have churches here. But the cities were so large, so many people. So immediately, I started sending some people who were settled. I told them, you have to go. So I have already started sending more people to the, to that, to the different cities. So it's a blessing. Oh, yes. You know, the work of God is endless. That's one of the things about the work of God. It's endless till you die. But only that there are so many distractions that come up when you are working for the Lord that at a point it seems as though you finished working. But there's nothing further from the truth than that. The nations, the cities, 
I sent somebody to Vietnam and he sent a message that they are not allowed to witness to Vietnamese only to foreigners yeah so immediately the country is blacked out like you cannot you can only witness to foreigners you can't speak to locals you know and I know some countries like that when you are having a crusade you have to write Christians only and come here you can't witness to the people so the work of God is endless 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 it is we who get distracted and start uh, getting involved in all kinds of things you know we have to pray for our missionaries and for pastors because there are dragons waiting to jump on people as soon as they say they they work for God especially marriage dragons dragons yeah so um, it's interesting but that's a real fight Jesus said I am from above you are from beneath you are from below there is a whole world above and we are just in a lower realm (laughs) and we need a lot of faith and a lot of obedience to the Lord so anyway I pray that we will be obedient and also work for the Lord so today I want to share with you on what I call adventures of Elijah now Elijah was a man of God and We've been talking about shepherding last week and the week before. We've been sharing about shepherding. Now, I want to say that Christianity will always be ritualistic and boring until you get involved and you start working for the Lord. And the second thing I want to say is that your problems will always be very large. Do you see Um, until you get involved in the work of the Lord. Your problems will be very, very big in your life, in proportion. And it is not that people don't have problems are those who serve God. The kind of problems that exist in the lives of those who are serving the Lord you have no idea. But when you are working for the Lord, in relation to what you are doing for the Lord, the problem is, is, you are, the problem is able to be compartmentalized and put in a certain oven to bake. Do you see? Whilst you focus on the Lord. So, Until you get involved, your life is never supernatural. 
It's never exciting. And it's never an adventure. It's just a ritual. And me, I, 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 I don't feel shy to say that I wasn't attracted to Christianity in the beginning. In fact, it was a very, very boring looking thing. When I was in secondary school, and I mean, I always look at the SU people and I say, wow, wow, who is going to ever join this? And then I went to church, different churches. They'll say, we sing him 416. Then we sing him 218. Then we sing him what? Some of you know the, 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 the hymns. In what? What is him 416? You don't know 416? Those of you who are whatever, you know? We have... So to me, Christ, Christianity was so boring. I can't lie to you. Stand up, sit down. Stand up, lift your hand, stand up, sing this song, verse 1, verse 2, verse 3. The priests who were speaking to, they didn't look like they were, they believed the things they were saying. That's, that's, that's the truth. How many have also felt something similar? Yeah. So the Christianity was something very boring. And I never... Uh, elected myself for it. Oh, yes. I went to a church. Then I remember one day I went, my uncle, I mean, he adjusted himself. When the pastor was going to preach, he adjusted himself to sleep. You know? Yeah, in the front. He adjusted himself. You know, there's a way you, you can sit and sleep. Recently, I went to John Wesley's house. His, his original house where he lived. And, and they took us around and they showed us. that They said that in those days, they sat to sleep. He said it was only recently that they started lying down to sleep. Yeah. They said because of the cold and the chest, you know when you have chest problems, it's better to sit up because it helps you if you cough the things up. It's better to sit up. You know, so they said they were sitting up because of the cold weather. There was no plumbing. There was no heating in a certain way and a lot of things. So they sat up to sleep. So I think this man had also a way to sit down to sleep in church. So he ate. And I noticed it. A slant. And he dozed off. I mean, he just closed his eyes and slept for the pastor to finish preaching. Personally, they just sitting through lectures, speeches. When I see sometimes people giving speeches, it is, it, it is boring to me. Speeches and all those things, they are all boring to me. I can't I can lie to you. The politicians who put aside their notes and speak, 
a flat chair, whatever, and so on. That one is exciting to me. It's interesting to me. Let's see it. Let's see what you say. And then when you speak, and then you make a mistake, you say your speech writer wrote the wrong thing. That means all the things you are saying are not true. And you don't believe them. Are you listening to me? So what I'm saying is that Christianity genuinely, if it's a ritual, sit down, stand up, pray like this, say these words, read these ones, sing three verses, sing another hymn, say this, stand up, read this prayer, say this, when I say this, you say this, when I say this, you say this, it's boring, it's boring, and you stop. And most of the things will not be real to you. But if you take God seriously and you take the things that are in the Bible seriously, it suddenly comes alive and becomes an adventure. You know, when I found Christ and I started to serve the Lord, I thought that when I read the prayer books of our older churches who are our fathers that they were using something different. That's what I thought. That was how different it sounded to me. That they were using something different. But when I had the chance to read some of their prayer books and their liturgy and their things, it's such wonderful prayers and the things that are read and that they say is so beautiful. You see, but because it was dead to me and I wasn't alive to it, it was just boring. Because the Bible says the letter killer. It's like the Bible. You read the Bible without the Holy Spirit. The Bible is a dead killer. And it will just give you headaches. Reading the Bible will just give you headaches. What is this? Are you with me? But when I read the Bible now, I feel that Jesus is standing by me. And I feel that Jesus is talking to me. And I feel that he wants to say something. And that I may be able to get a life-changing phrase or a life-changing word from this book. It will change my whole life in my direction. That's how real it is to me. So, I want to encourage you, you know, to that, you see, we have been given the great opportunity to have a supernatural and unusual life by serving God. It's it's something wonderful God has given to us. We have been given a supernatural uh, and exciting um, opportunity to have some, I, I don't want to say abnormal, but unusual life. Once you take up God seriously and start to follow him all sorts of things start to change about your life 
marriages change, life changes, love changes, um, prosperity changes, the meaning of life changes, your vision changes, what you are doing changes, everything changes, everything will change. Everything will change. Oh, yes. So, how many are ready for something exciting? Something adventurous? Yes. And the work of a shepherd, which I believe we are still talking about, is what I, the word shepherd, you may not know, but it was popularized by Lighthouse. It's a lighthouse. It's not our term, of course, because the word shepherd is, is in the Bible. And also, apart from that, even in Yoruba, in Nigeria, you, there's no word for pastor different from the word shepherd. The word shepherd is the word pastor. Ulua, where is she? Ushualon Gotin, isn't it? Olushon Agotin. Aguton. Olushon Aguton. Yes. Olushon Aguton. It means shepherd. And it also means pastor. There's no different word like, like how we say pastors and shepherds. No. You, you have to say Olushon Aguton, Olushon Aguton. They are all together. Yes. So, I can only say that serving God is actually exciting. So, I am trying to recruit you and to engage you to also do something small and not to be cut out because you are not enjoying the real mainstream you are on the fringes and you just come and sit down for a routine whatever we have so many churches with canticles and rituals if that is what you want no you see we have two types of people there are people who even what makes them happy is dignity. Dignity makes them happy. I'm telling you, dignity. Respect, dignity, honor, the dress in a way very formal and appear in a certain wonderful way. It makes some people happy. <laughs> Oh yes. Regal. So some people for instance are married, they don't mind at home if there is nothing happening. That is good. There's no food. There's no happiness. There's no sex. One, 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 pastor, one pastor said, Shh. he said, we walked into church every Sunday hand in hand. Oh, yes. Hand in hand. Through, into the church, like they walked as a couples. As a couples. Hand in hand from the back of the church to the front, and then they take their seats. And they enjoyed that for years. But when they get into the car, they take they disconnect their hands and they don't they don't talk. 
Oh, yes. And said that if they were married for, let's say, 10 years, they had sex 11 times. Yes. But, shh, but the hand in hand, the hand in hand was constant. Like that was 52 weeks. How many weeks is in a year? 52 only weeks. Only 52 weeks. Yeah. 52 times. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Like, what I'm saying is that there are people who love the dignity, the presentation, the appearance, the regal, dignified, ambassadorial feel of life. You get what I'm saying? But, like, what is in the house is not really so important. Oh, yes. And what I'm trying to explain to you is that and then there are some people that there are some people who to be happy is to go mountain climbing and they, they will not wear lace and come to church or wear whatever and their cloth and whatever and come to a party or whatever they will go and climb Mount Everest or any other mountain they can find that is what makes them happy yes there will be no special high heels or anything to show oh yes so I don't know which type of Christian you are. I think some of us here, you are more of the ambassadorial type. I think you should join the foreign service. Oh yes. You want some excitement in your life. Now, you know, I'll tell you that all human beings want excitement. But you have to choose where you're going to get your excitement from. Oh, yes. For some people, excitement is to go to nightclubs. Go and sit in a nightclub and drink. Starting with drinking. With alcohol. Now you see, alcohol is, is a medicine. C2H5OH, where are the chemists? Priscilla, are you a chemistry, whatever? Who did chemistry? What is the formula for alcohol? You are all disowning your education after you've been educated. And it's time for you to own up. What is the formula for alcohol? C2H5OH. Or it's not. Science students, yes. Okay, check on the internet. The science students are disowning themselves. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to show us in a moment. Formula 4. I think I got it right, but I'm not sure. I'm waiting for formula for alcohol. And I need it on, on, the, on air. Ah, beautiful. 
You see, that's it. Science students. Yes. This thing, this thing is what is in beer and wine and whiskey and vodka and whatever. And it has an, a, a specific effect on you, on your brain, on your arteries, on your heart, on everything. And it makes you happier than you are. Are you still here? Put it back on the, on the stage so that they say this thing it makes you happier than you actually are. So if you are not happy today, when you take some of this, you, you, you sort of forget about everything. And then you sort of become happier. Some people go further and they have, it has different effects. All these things have different effects on different people. The reason is because your liver detoxifies the blood. It, it removes these things and it ha- does some uh, chemical reactions in the liver to, to neutralize it and to bring it out. Now, when your liver has been receiving this alcohol already, all right, what happens is that the body, the liver is somehow, it takes more time you see, to, to uh, it, it, it takes, either it takes faster or more, longer or shorter, whatever. So, so when somebody who has never drank before may take a small amount, it's such news to the liver. I say, what is this? And then the liver is so surprised, it takes time to organize itself to remove this thing from there. So you see that small thing has turned you into, I mean, you are, you are taking off your clothes naked, you are walking in time. Yes. So when, but when you keep drinking, then the liver is now used to, oh, I see you've come again. Then... They sort you out. Then it goes faster. Then you need to drink more to get that effect again because the liver is now primed to be removing it from you. So that's why now you need to drink more. So I used to drink just half a glass of beer and I'd be, I'm, 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 I'm unconscious. But now I can drink four bottles of beer and I'm standing on my feet. You are still standing. And you are proud of it, not knowing that your liver is the one who is responding. And that's why people who drink a lot have liver problems. Because their liver has been made to do things which it wouldn't normally have done. Are you with me? I'm saying that in Christ, we don't need this C2H5OH. The Bible says, be filled with the Spirit. Rather than being drunk with wine. Oh yes. Oh yes. It's a demon in you that is drawn. You see, the same pornography you show to somebody, the person looks at, but what are these people doing? Well, are, they, are they mad? To you, then it, it, it draws because the scent of that thing in the realm of the spirit is something that the demon in you recognizes and goes after. So there is a connection. They smell you and you smell it. 
and the thing in you goes after that. But when you show the pornography to somebody who doesn't have that spirit, it looks at us how are these people monkeys? And you show that alcohol to somebody who doesn't have that spirit. Are you with me? And straight away, you ask yourself, why do you want to take this? Which kills so many, causes, spoils more marriages, spoils more lives, causes more accidents, kills more people, causes more disease than any other liquid. Huh? So after alcohol, then come all the drugs that people take to be happy. Are you listening to me? Yes. yes. That people take to be happy. And to be excited. I'm, I'm pointing out to you that people... Are you listening? Yes. I hope you are listening. I hope you are not on your phone. Oh, yes. That people are doing things to be excited and to be happy. And I'm telling you that following God and following Christ will cause you to have more excitement than any alcohol or a drug. So then we move to cigarettes. And you wonder what it is. But so I asked one guy, why, why are you smoking? He said, I'm feeling cold. Yes. He said, I'm feeling cold. It keeps me warm in the morning. Then you are smoking and you now need to take a cigarette without filth, the filter. Because the cigarette, the first part is a filter. And the rest is the tobacco that is burning. So you smoke it like, and you smoke through the filter. But now after some time, the filtered one is not okay for you. So you want what? Tosca for men without filter. It's something they say it's for men. You are maturing. Then you move to cigars. Cigars as 40 times for one of one cigarette. It's a cigar, 40 times. It kills one third of everybody who touches it. But that is the excitement. Yes. Are you listening? Oh, yes. So, you, are, you want to be happy and excited because the guys who are smoking, they look wild. I mean, they look like wild people. You hold the cigarette in a way and then they, they hold it. Are you listening or you are leaving? Yeah. Now, the cigarette is not working. We need something more. 
So we are going to weed. Shisha. Is that what it's called? Shisha. Weed. What is the formula for weed? Find it, please. The chemical formula of weed. C. THC. Tetra. Hydro. Cannabino. Find it. And put it on, on the, what's the formula? No, I'm just proving to you that you now you are looking for happiness. And I'm, that's what I'm preaching about. I'm showing you how to be excited. And you see that these human beings, we are, why, 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 why are people drinking? They're trying to be happy. Where's the formula? You are too slow. So now you started taking weed to make you happy. And you are a young person. How old are you? You are eating weed cake. Cup, cupcakes. Cupcakes made of weed. Shito with weed. You are eating kenke and sardine with shito. Weed inside the shito. Huh? Kenke and fish with weed shito. That is it. C12, you see, this one is C12 H30O2. The alcohol was C2H5OH. But this one is C21, not C2. This one is C21 H30O2. Higher, you are going higher. Take me higher. I want to go high. I hope I'm not talking to myself. I don't want to talk to myself this morning. Otherwise, I'll close and go home. This is what you are taking when you are taking weed. You are smoking weed. This formula. Show them on the uh, television. Oh, yes. You smoke it. You eat it with Shito, I mean, everybody thinks you are eating stew, but you are eating weed. C21 H30 O2. You you use it to fry eggs. You use it to fry so- and you make sausages with it. <laughs> Wheat sausage and stew. <laughs> Sauce. <laughs> People think you are eating rice and stew, but you are eating wheat. Now listen. Shh. How many have seen a mad person before? Do you know one of the things that when you ask doctors, what caused the madness? It's one of the questions they can't answer. But 
what I remember from medical school is that one thing that is known that's a direct cause of schizophrenia, which is the Mercedes Benz of madness. When I say the Mercedes Benz, I mean the elegant superior one. Not a Kia, it's not Hyundai, it's not Toyota, it's Mercedes Benz of mental illness. It's this thing, we. This is one of the only known causes that this is a direct cause of it. That's what they're allowing in the whole world now. Yeah. So when you, t- and you see, because a lot of people also take it and it doesn't happen to them. You don't know whether you, your liver or what will be the one that will say, hey, we can't tolerate this thing. Tell it, we are sending it to the brain. <laughs> and before you realize, the thing has touched, the wires are touching your head because of this C21. I'm just proving to you that human beings want excitement. Oh, yes. And then now different drugs, glue, amphetamines, I mean different chemicals that are able, people are able to get melt, put fire under, breathe it in. Eh? Tablets. And they mix it with water and boil it. And take things to go high. I want to go high. I want to go high. Take me high. I'm proving to you that you actually have been looking for some excitement in your dull life. And God is showing you today that there is an option. I can tell you since I took Christ seriously, I mean, I've I've never ceased to have an unusual life. Oh yes. Everything is something different that God is doing. I've, I would never have, I mean, I, would, I don't know what would have taken me to Cameroon. I don't know what would have taken me to almost all the countries. I've preached in about 70 countries. Huh? 70, 68 countries. Almost 70 nations. I've preached in all these countries. So many places I've been to. Oh, yes. And towns and cities and stayed there. Oh, yes. Yes. My missionary in Cameroon, he was telling me, when you sent us to Bangladesh, then he described how we sent to Bangladesh, we came back, then I sent him to Cameroon, and different were describing. Your life is different once you start following the ministry. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, you are a young girl. Instead of giving yourself to join in the work of the Lord, you are thinking that a man is going to come and make you happy. You get it? It's going to come and make you happy. And when you are attached, to an important man or somebody's husband or some other male figure, happiness is going to come to you in the excitement of being with this guy. 
And the man is also just using you. And your body parts have got an expiry date. They will no longer be exciting. Oh yes. Oh yes. Have you not noticed they come, they use you, do everything with you. Bend over, bend up, bend down, do this, whatever. And after they walk away, they just leave you there. You are there. You don't know whether you are a gymnast or you are an aerobics instructor or what. Oh, yes. You were looking for excitement. What did it end up in? You end up rather being degraded. And demons make things look exciting. You see, one day it's a spirit. You see, what, what you must realize is that spirits communicate with physical things. Otherwise, there will be no effect of, of demons or even the Holy Spirit in the world because we are in a physical world. But spiritual things enter the physical world. And one of the places they enter, you notice them, are in your emotions and are in the invisible parts of man, which you cannot also understand how we're created. Like love, hatred, attraction, emotions, depression, sadness, happiness, joy, anger, jealousy, all these things, it is spirits enter the soul of human beings and influence all those things. So those things are magnified. So you see somebody whose sexuality is magnified or jealousy is magnified or hatred is magnified and it's because an evil spirit have entered that part and are manifesting in those areas and you see them manifesting. That's how, that's how they enter. Demons cannot do anything unless they can get into a body of somebody. Oh, yes. And you move along with demonized people, thinking that you are going to get some excitement, but all you get is distraction. But wherever Satan is, is distraction. He comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. To steal, to kill, to destroy. You see people go to take injections. Thinking that the injections they go is going to give them excess. So this is not cocaine. This is not a weed. This is an injection from the pharmacy shop. And you take it. Something that when you are going to give birth, they'll give you 50 milligrams, 100. You've now reached a state where you are taking 1,000. And you are on the verge of, I mean, you can just pop off. Because if you read the effect of all these drugs, you see that. They, they cause the heart rate to increase, the breathing to increase, the blood pressure to increase. So different effects on the drug. But people's blood pressure goes up, the heart rate goes up, the breathing goes up. I mean, many things go up. Then it comes down if you don't. But in some people, it goes up, it goes up, this one goes up. Then it crosses over and then, boom, you are dead. That's how come people die from overdose or they die from these drugs because no one knows the threshold of every person. No one knows the limit which you can take. But once you start, before you realize you are crossing. I don't know if I'm talking to them. Maybe I should concentrate on those online. I'll, I'll stand here and talk to those online. Online people, I think I'll, I'll be talking to you mostly. 
Oh yes. So what I am sharing with you about becoming excited and getting yourself involved in God's house and in his work eh, is perhaps one of the most important messages of all. That's why I've taken time to go through all this alcohol, this, 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 because if you analyze yourself, you realize that yes, yes, that's actually what you are. How do people cross over from normal sex to all the abnormal sexes? Because it's at the point you can have sex with everybody and anybody. You meet somebody at a party, you have sex with a person, two, three, four people a day, at night. You have so many partners, you don't know even their names. So at the point you realize, ah, what is this? They say, oh, I'm not getting much out of this. Let me try something else. Is there any other hole? Is there any other passage? Is there any other uh, ways? Can I try with an animal? Can I try with a, a bed, a goat, a, a dog? I mean, it's like we are never satisfied with whatever because it's not what God intended for you. I'm trying to tell you that God is trying to ask you, everybody here, you know, I want everybody listening to me to become a shepherd. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. Every, even if today is your first day, the word shepherd, I'm applying it to you. Tell your neighbor, the word shepherd is being applied to you. You, don't, you, don't, you may not know what it is, but it's a good word. Amen. Why is it that when you go to the bank and you see the bank, say, oh, it's nice to be in the bank. I want to work in the bank. How come you aim to be a bank manager? You want to be at the highest position in the bank. But when you come to church, oh, the church, I don't want it. I just want to be quiet. I'll sit at the back. I'll do this and I'll go. Nobody should know me. But when you go to the hospital, you want to be the highest. You want to be a doctor. You go to the bank, you want to be a bank manager. You see the politicians, you want to be a president. You want to be an MP. You want to be something high. But when you come to church, oh, <laughs> that shepherd, shepherd thing, they are saying, no, I don't, I don't need it. God is welcoming you. God is inviting you. God is challenging you to enter an exciting life through accepting to not just be a member who sits down. This church can be five times the size. Five times, I'm telling you. And it will be. It will be because we talk about 100,000 members. Yes. Five times. I went to a church. They have church all day. Seven services a day. I went to another church. They have, I think, about 12 services. Thousands come, go, come, go on a Sunday. There's nothing like, I mean, you can't, you can't have, and they sack the people from the church after, after church. You have to go, please, because others have to come. Oh, yes. Because if everybody here is a shepherd, yeah, then this is a shepherd's meeting. 
This is a shepherd's meeting. If everybody here is a shepherd, it means that you represent maybe five people. Or you, rep- you represent 20 people. 20 lost people who have someone to share the word of God with them. Why sit in church every day? What, what am I going to get today? What, am, what is God going to bless me? How about a time come where you say, what am I going to do for God? Instead of what is God going to do for me? Let me tell you something. I, you know something? I tell you. Me, eh, I'm not so much into the dignity things that we are doing. I, I'm more, I enjoy motion and activity and excitement. Yes. You know, I'm a doctor. If somebody calls me doc, it's real. It's not something I got by an email. It's real doctor from going to medical school. If you call me doc or doctor, it's real. But you see, I don't even look like a doctor. I don't even look like I've been to school. But I've been to university. Most of the courses you did, three years if you went to university. Three years, tell the truth. Some of you didn't even do A-level. You didn't do, even the Wasi, you know, you know already. That is nothing, doesn't matter so much to me. Or, if, or it's my family. Do you know the pedigree of my family? The Heward Mills family in Ghana. Maybe you don't know who they are. It's a family of lawyers, judges, what have you. Oh, yes. And it's a very, very big family. Oh, yes. And wealthy. And all those things don't matter. Which families? I told one brother who was coming with a family. I said, please. You know, the blood of Jesus is far thicker than these other bloods you are talking about. Yeah. But to those of you who wear lace and come to church on Sunday, I'm not against lace, but I, I don't know the other posh dresses, but I'm just using it as an example. Please, I beg you, don't say that I'm against lace. I support lace. Buy lace, I will pray for it. I'll pray on it. We support it. We support it. What I'm saying is that I prefer us to roll up our sleeves and get to the job. No work done. No work done. Get to the job. Oh, yes. There are many people, many people waiting, hoping that somebody would open his mouth and speak. And if you don't, somebody else will. Somebody else will. I'm always touched by the story of Bob Marley. He was in uh, Jamaica, went out. His father was a white man and obviously didn't stay there. And his father went away. He didn't, I don't think he knew his father. But one day he went out and he met a Rasta man. And the Rasta man taught him the Rasta things. And that is him. He sang about it till he died. Yes. So I can see that when a young man moves out of his house, 
You, you never know who he's going to meet. And whoever he meets will take over the person's life at a certain point. It doesn't have to be called pastor or, or any big word. But the truth is that everybody is influenced by someone. Yes. And the influence is real. It's a realm. It's a, in the realm of the spirit. The person is influenced. And that is why God is seeking to recruit you into something exciting. Oh. Something away from the rituals and the boring life, which you yourself are actually looking for something exciting. Oh, yes. You are looking for something exciting. You meet a man who says he's taking you abroad. He's taking you on a plane to Dubai or any of those places. And you are happy. Whatever the price, whatever there is you have to do, you are prepared to do it. You meet a footballer. And this footballer, you see, because the footballers are, they are stars and they are rich. You become a a girlfriend for a a footballer for just a match or a tournament. There's somebody here like that. You are you are you 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 became a girlfriend just for the because they have they are not supposed to have sex whilst they are playing. But you are secretly in the in the room. Oh yes, you are secretly in the room. When they go and play and they come, you are there. And you come and join the fans as though you are a, a fan. And then you come to church normally. You are looking for excitement. Oh, yes. Those of you online, you thought I'd forgotten. <laughs> I know you are there. This applies to you. God wants your life to be exciting just as much as you want it to be exciting. Oh, yes. And today, God is going to give some people here gifts which are going to make you uh, have a different kind of life. You know, there is no love without gifts. There's no love without gifts. God so loved that he gave. So there's no love without gifts. And so whenever you come to a church where there is gifts, the gift of the spirit, the gift of God, the gift of an apostle, the gift of a prophet, the gift of a pastor, a shepherd, it is the expression of God's love for you and to you and to us. There is love in action because there's nothing like love without gifts. The gift is God's expression of his love towards us. And his love for a congregation is to put gifts there. Yes. I am a gift to some people. Every pastor is a gift to some people. It is his expression of love to those people. To give you somebody who is a gift. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. 
and it's a quality something. He just gives it to a group. Oh, yes. I hope I'm not talking to myself. So today, you know, I just feel like recruiting you, you see, because if you don't get recruited by me to work for God, you'll be recruited by something else. Oh, yes. Everybody is passionate about something. I'm telling you. Even those who look very cool and you see them when it comes to uh, association of something, you see that they themselves have come. An association of this, association of that, association of whatever. Then you see them talking and speaking with passion. And you say, wow. And this person comes to church and he sits down as if he can't do nothing. You see a young man, you sit there. Instead of giving yourself to spirituality, to work for God. You sit down very coolly like, oh, I'm not that type. I'm not the spiritual type. But the next moment, the type of raps you are giving to a girl and to more than one girl. More than one. More, you've told more than one girl that you love her. More than one girl sees you as a pipeline. Three people see you as pipelines. And you are the person who can't talk, who don't have words, you don't have speeches. You're a young lady, instead of joining the choir, joining this group, joining that group, you made yourself very cool. Now you are pregnant, you know how to do abortion. You know where the abortion clinic is and where they do it. You know where they do it, free of charge. You know how to find medicine to kill babies. Find the nearest sister and ask her, it's because of you that all this talking in the church, it is because of you. You know how to kill babies. Now, I don't know why I'm saying all these things, but I feel that there's somebody here who needs to hear what I'm talking about. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, I'll not allow you to go astray. Once I'm here, I'll not allow you to go astray. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. your neighbor, I, instead of, I, I say I will not allow you to go astray. Once I'm here, I will never allow you to go astray. It will not happen. It will not happen. Those of you at the corner down there, I tell you, I will, I will move the door nearer and cut you out if you don't, if you don't uh, wake up and do what is right. Look at the people at the corner. You came late. You are in the corner. When I say Tell your neighbor that I will not allow you to go astray. That one too, you are sitting down. Shall we cut off that section of the church? 
bring a new curtain. Let's make a curtain and um, let's make a curtain and cut off that section. lady who is sitting down where did you learn how to do abortion where did you learn how to do abortion where did you learn how to do abortion I mean an innocent person like you where did you learn how to do abortion oh no 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 tell the person I will teach you other better things than such uh, whatever How many want real excitement? Oh, yes. Every, every standing. Every standing. Lift your hands. How many feel God has already spoken to you? Now lift your hand, everybody. Just pray. Lord, whatever you have spoken, I pray for myself. Let your word enter into me. Your hook. You are calling me and sending me let your hook yes, Lord. enter my heart and let me be a zealous oh, God. shepherd yes, Lord Jesus. and a zealous servant of in God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. 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 In in the name of Jesus. 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 Father, minister. Yes, yes. The spirit of a shepherd. Yes, 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 yes. The spirit of a mature leader. Yes, Lord. The spirit of a worker. Yes, Lord. The spirit of a recruited soldier. Yes, Lord. A fellow worker. A fellow soldier. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Let there be no idle person in this church again. Let there be no idle woman, idle girl, idle man in this church again. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let your mm. spirit recruit us. Oh yes, yes, recruit us. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, yes. Serve you. Joy, Yes, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. We give you praise, and we give you thanks. Mm. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord.
Now, I'm going to share with you just points. You have to go and think about the points. Number one. First Kings 17 and verse 1. This is the excitement of Elijah. This I hope you will never forget. Those of you watching online, I need to see the thumbs up going. The shares. Thumbs up. Share. Share it right now. Thumbs up. Call your neighbor. Join. And you are going to be blessed. This is a very important message. So that's the message is starting from now. It says, Elijah the Tishbite. This is the first time we heard of Elijah in the Bible. From this verse. Who was of the inhabitants of Gilead. Said unto Ahab. As the Lord God of Israel liveth. Before whom I stand. There shall not be dew nor rain these years. But according to my word. Amen. (laughs) Number one. The excitement of standing in the presence of God. The excitement of standing in the presence of God. Let's sing that song quickly. Can't get enough of your presence. Look at, look at the verse. Look at the beautiful verse. It says, Elijah the Tishbite. This, this is how he describes himself. I am Elijah who stands eh, before whom I stand. I stand before his presence. That's my credential. I don't have Bible school. I don't have, I'm not a lawyer. I'm nothing. I stand before God. That's where I came from. I came from his presence and that's all I am. This is one of the exciting things. Those of you who know the presence of God, if God is present, it's a very exciting experience. Just like how, you know, I also look at people, so what do you get from this? What do you get from, like I told you, I asked one guy who was smoking, I said, what do you get? He said, I, I, feel, I, I feel cold. When I smoke, I feel warm. I said, wow. I didn't know. <laughs> when I see people drinking, by God's grace, I have not had that experience. When I see people, I say, what do they get from me? I just read from the Bible, it makes you happy. So I, 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 I believe it. But I, I don't have that experience. But the presence of God, oh, may you start to experience the presence of the Lord. Go.
boy, I can't get enough of you. I can't get enough of you. You'll be telling the guy, I can't get, I can't get, I can't get enough of you. I can't get enough of you. Uh, look at something. Oh. So you see, <laughs> I don't want to say some things. Let me stop. Start, start continue, continue the in the room and we all knew that somebody had come all of us knew it was scary yeah you'll be enjoying his presence from today number two the excitement of prophecy yeah well Elijah said from today it will not rain except by my word you see it's exciting Prophecies are exciting. Prophets are exciting people. That's why they are my favorite people. Can I think him was a prophet? Oh, yes. Prophecy is exciting. So, there are things in your life, the excitement and the power of prophecy. You know, once you start to recognize this is a prophet's voice and this is a prophecy, your life starts to change because you, 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 you take certain words more seriously. As somebody points to you and says, this will not work. This is going to become this. 
and you start to have the excitement, there's a certain excitement that comes with prophecy. And when you come to church like this, there are so many prophetic words that have already happened here. This morning, or this afternoon, whatever, the, whatever it is, there are exciting things that are said. Hands put on your shoulder, certain words spoken to you, and that's it. Prophetic words. Those who experience the prophetic words, they learn to fear them and they learn to respect it. Yes. Because you see, you have to believe. The prophecy you believe is the one that you experience. This preaching is prophecy. Things that are said, they are prophetic. You see, Elijah said there will be no rain unless I say so. And truly, some people will never be released and they will never prosper unless someone releases them. If you dishonor your father, your father's voice will be like a prophecy. That is why when Jacob died, the delegation, the whole of Egypt, they mourned for 70 days. And the delegation and the armies of Egypt went with Joseph to go and bury his father, just Jacob, whom they didn't even know who he was because he was in Egypt, he was in Israel. But when the father died, the type of, and when Jacob was going to die, he gave instruction on his sons to carry his coffin. And he told Joseph that Joseph shouldn't carry his coffin because as a prime minister, he has an honor. So Joseph would not carry the coffin. But the others, and he showed them on the left and on the right who should carry his coffin. And they made a big fanfare and a big procession from Egypt to go and bury him. But when Joseph died, they didn't do anything like that. <laughs> because he's not a father. A father is different. When Jesus was appearing at the transfiguration, it was Moses and Elijah who came. I mean, there were people who had done more miracles like Elijah and others. But I mean, we are talking of a certain level of fellowship. Oh, yes. A father's words become like a prophecy. And that by his words over you, you will rise or fall. That's why you must pray that your father will never curse you. Or be annoyed with you. Or, or think evil. Because thoughts are also transmissions. You think imaginations are not powerful. That's why sometimes when somebody has an idea. The fact that that thought has come. Is something to counteract and to countermand. Oh yeah. The fact that that thought came to you. Somebody has a thought about you to die. It's not something you should just say, oh, it's just thought of. It's something to reject and to curse and to refuse. So, begin to enjoy prophetic words. Oh, yes. This one is good. This one is not good. This is the way. Walk ye in it. 
and your life will start going higher. Number three, excitement of direction. Step by step. You will, be, you will have direction. So number one is the excitement of standing in the presence of God. Number two is the excitement of prophesying. Number three is the excitement of getting direction from God. Step by step direction and guidance. Oh yes. What happened? And the word of the Lord came to Elijah saying, get thee down, turn eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherish, Cherith, that is before Jordan. Verse 4. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook that I have commanded ravens to feed thee there. So direction. When you come to church and when you listen to the word of God and you listen to camps. Today I met some people, I was telling them to listen. I told them all of them don't listen to camps. I can see from their faces. They don't listen to camps. They don't have their own listening messages. And straight away, it shows, it shows on your life. You can see. You don't listen to messages. You don't get the word of God. You are dry. You are different. God will speak to you. I'm telling you. As for me, when I take my Bible and I read, I'm just waiting for the Lord to speak. Oh, yes. When he speaks, when he hasn't spoken, I don't feel happy. But I'm telling you today, God told Elijah, go east. Then turn left, go to the brook of Cherish. This is how God is going to be leading you. He's going to be telling you where to go. He's going to tell you where to be. He's going to tell you where to live. What to do. Where to go. Oh yes. What to do with your life. How many want God to tell you? This, this is it. This is, that's what I say, Elijah, as soon as we hear of him, he said, number one, I'm in the presence of God. Number two, this is a prophecy. Number three, God is telling me where to go and where to stay. He said, go and stay by the brook Cherish. Cherith. Beautiful. But those of you who are fixated, I'll be in London. I'll be in New York. I'll be here, I'll be here, I'll be there. New York or Suicide. Number four, excitement of supplies, provisions. Verse four, and Elijah, he told Elijah, thou shalt drink of the brook that I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening and he drank of the brook wow divine provision you see excitement is so fantastic when you see God's servant when you become God's servant he's going to feed you but he needs you to have a voice oh yes you know can you imagine a doctor's salary a doctor's salary and then suddenly no doctor's salary. Eh? And he's going to command beds to bring you some little flesh 
and some little bread. Huh? You see, one of the things that worries us is the way we earn money. The way we earn money sometimes disturbs us. For me, it disturbed me to earn money through offerings. Oh yes, it disturbed me. because It was not mentally, it couldn't mentally work on my head. It disturbed me. Because I don't, I don't know that. I didn't grow up that way. Oh yes. Until the Lord told me, respect the ravens. When the raven comes, and he lands with a piece of bread, take it and respect it and put it in the oven and then warm it. Then the flesh, add some pepper and salt, fry. You got your, you got your bacon and your bread. Oh, yes. And I've been enjoying it since he told me. Yeah. You know, and the way he told me, he showed me a pastor who, was, who had been eating from these ravens for a long time. The, the ravens came and landed by him and he took it happily and ate it. And the Lord showed me, you see how he is, it's normal for him. Renew your mind. So since then, if a raven appears and brings me 20 CDs, I say, praise the Lord. I'll never throw it away. No, 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 no. The smallest raven cramps. I've learned to accept that this God is providing for me. Supernatural is how he's caring for me. Yes. I've learned it. But I didn't grow up that way because, you see, I'm from a strong school background. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to school for years before I came into the ministry. So it, we, don't, we don't earn money. No doctor gets up and ravens are coming. I mean, you must be, you must be joking. You must be out of your mind. Pride. Pride. Somebody said, do you think Mr. Heward Mills would like his son to live off collection? Collection. In those days. Do you think Mr. Heward Mills would like his son to live off collections? I was quiet. But if the Lord has chosen... That he's going to send little birds. These are not big birds. If it had even been an eagle, at least he'll be carrying a rabbit or something. But these are most more birds. Yes. How much can a raven bring? A bit of flesh. And a small, some small crumbs. Yes. But if you can accept it, you'll be shocked at the way God will supply all your needs. And you see, as soon as you start walking with God, and working for God. Expect God to start caring for you. It's just like when you start working somewhere at a new job. You should expect them to start paying you. You should expect them to start paying you. Instead of to start providing things for you. At the new job that you have. You, I mean it's an expectation that is not out of order. And as soon as you start being recruited by God to be a shepherd. And start working for God. You should expect God to start providing for you. And start caring for you. And start being interested in your well-being. Apart from whatever else. It is natural. So Elijah started to experience divine provisions. 
from the time I started working for the Lord, you know, I feel that one of the ways that God provided for me is, you see, all through medical school, I was working for the Lord. People were not doing that, but I was. I started a church when I was in medical school. God supernaturally provided for me to pass all my exams. Yeah. You know, I cannot remember ever, 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 ever failing any exam. The smallest exam. I can't remember. Maybe I did, but to my mind now, I, I never, at least the major ones, I never failed. And I've never been referred. I don't know what it's like. And there were minor exams also. I don't remember anyone that I ever failed. Maybe I did because I, you know, it's, it's a long time. But I don't remember. He cared for me. Even when I was sinking. When I knew that I should fail. Oh. You know. He provided. Oh yes. You know, when I was in MB3. I'll tell you to encourage you. Because there are students here. You know, we had an exam and um, the practical. I was doing pathology. This is pathology. I was doing practical on in hematology. You see, the pathology was divided into three. There's a chemical pathology, hematology, and histology or histopathology. So anyway, so the hematology has the blood part. We went for the practicals. When we went for the practicals, they gave you a slide of somebody's blood. Look at it and see what is it and what type of anemia does the person have. So the questions were, what do you see? What, what is it? Diagnose it. And what type of anemia is it? And then what is the treatment? What's the causes and what's the treatment? You have to get it right first. Then all the questions. That was the, that was the whole exam. And I went for that exam. When we came out, everybody was so happy. Said, oh, it was very easy. I said, they said, oh, it was hypochromic microcytic anemia, which is iron deficiency anemia, caused by iron deficiency, by bleeding, by loss of blood, bleeding, lack of iron. And everybody saw the small, small cells. And they all diagnose it. Everybody. Except me. I saw big cells. And I diagnosed megaloblastic anemia. Yes. So that means everything was wrong. Oh yes. Now, you see, but that's, that's a section of the exam. Oh yes. I was down. Now that's a total <laughs> By the time we got to the final exam, I don't know, I didn't know what, I knew that I was failing. By the time we got to the final exam, and there was the final, I was facing about seven or eight pathologists, and they were all questioning me. All my marks were there. And the first thing that he did, they did was a very wicked thing. Yes. They took a brain. Because we don't do the brain much. You know we don't do brain much. <laughs> and he took the brain and put it in front of me. And said, what is this? I said, oh Lord my God. 
I knew that I was sinking. But the Lord, he came to help me. Oh, yes. He said, what, what is this? I said, it's a brain. And so what is in the brain? I said, there's a tumor. I could see the tumor. And he asked me, that, what type of tumors do you know? Tell us what you know about brain tumors. I said, Lord, this man is a wicked man. I don't know anything about brain tumors. I don't know any brain tumors. Yeah. So I said, the small one that I knew, using an MCQ. Just read it out. It was in my head. I just said the things. I said, okay. Then they asked me, the, he, the blood man, the blood, the hematology person asked me, do I know any brain tumor that causes a blood disease? Go deeper. They wanted to finish me. Oh, yes. And then I knew. I, 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 rem- I knew a tumor. I had not thought about it that it's a tumor that causes a blood disease, but I knew it as a cause of this blood disease. So I mentioned the tumor. The guy was excellent. Then we started to climb. <laughs> oh, yes. Then they asked me, how do, how do you diagnose that blood disease? And I, I gave him, because I could picture it, I gave him the levels, each item, pack cell volume, this one, this one, I gave him the figure. Then one of the professors said, no, it's this. I said, no, it's this. And they were quiet. Oh, yes. <laughs> God will send things to help you. I tell you. I was going down. And then they went on and they came to another question. Ah, I just started to speak because it was like photography. And then I said, excellent, excellent. The exam which I didn't get the whatever. I and the, whole, the whole class, I'm the only one I got a distinction. I won a prize. I won a dis- distinction. Distinction is a lot. It means a lot in medical school. Nobody gets distinction usually in our time. Oh, yes. I don't even know how. I believe that the power of God, you see, will come to supply because I needed supplies of marks. When they told me that I had it, the person who came after me said, I saw, he said, I saw your mark. You had, he told me the mark was over 70. He said, you had, you had, you had. I said, me? I don't think so. When the thing came, there was that, that he was no distinction alone. There was no other distinction in the class. You don't get distinction in those things. Oh yeah, nobody else got distinction. And then I won a prize. Thousands of pounds. Oh yes. As I'm even preaching, I realized that money was, there was money in the thing too. Oh Yes. I was a shepherd. Wow. I was preaching in the school all the time. People were ready to mock me for failing my exam. 
I was up and down doing dumb broadcasts at this hostel, that hostel, this hostel, that hostel. I was starting a church at the school of hygiene. We were carrying instruments. Myself, Bishop Hamish, we were carrying instruments. Drums in chopper. We made chop boxes to keep all our instruments. From the hotel room to the classroom. Go and do a church and come back. Students went on demonstration against us. Went to see the dean that we should close down these people. That we are here to study. Meanwhile, they were not studying. We are here to learn. We can't have these guys doing this church. And the dean said he will not close it down. Because somebody had just committed suicide. Yeah. He said the students need the social thing as well. Oh, yes. God will supply. If you start working for God, you may not know how. You may not know where, but he will send ravens to give you certain crucial supplies in your life. Oh, yes. Trust me. Why, why is it that some people are so beautiful? No one ever comes to marry them. They have the best of everything. But no one chooses them. Just a small element. You see, a cramp. Or a small piece of meat. It must have been vital for him to allow. Because when you think about how much, I mean, you think of the amount of kinky that you eat and meat that you eat. How much would a raven be carrying piece by piece? But you see, that little thing may seem to be something small, but it was what was critical to keep Elijah having the miracle of life. And there is that small element. Yes, you are beautiful. Yes, you've done your hair. Yes, you come from a good home. Yes, this, yes, for all. Yes, you have perfume, everything. But no one wants you. No one wants to take you home. No one wants to be with you. Yeah, no one wants to choose you. It's something small that someone may put his hand and say, oh, this is a good girl, marry her. Just a small thing. You, that, that you've, you've never bought perfume or even makeup or anything, but just somebody said, oh, this is a good person. Oh, yeah, because see, we know a lot of dragons in marriage. We don't easily recommend people. And these days, the first lab boys, their eyes are open. When you do not, they say, hey, I can't, I can't change, so leave, leave me. Leave me. I don't know if I'm in the right church. Or I should, I should, I should join another church and, and preach somewhere else. <laughs> I'm talking about little things that a bed can carry eh, that can change your life. And that day in that exam, God sent a raven to just supply me with some, something like that. I was down. I knew I was down. I, I, I don't know if you can imagine, you go to an exam, everybody comes and says, oh, the answer is this. And, and therefore, all the other answers, I mean the whole exam. So then I have diagnosed a different thing and all the answers are wrong. Hmm. But that's the one that I had distinction. Wow, that's a miracle from God. Oh, yes. Number five. The paradox of the anointing. Paradox. 
Now it came to pass after a while, this brook that Elijah was sent to, what happened? It dried up. That the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, Arise and get thee to Zarephath. Now you see, you would think that natural things don't happen to anointed people. Yeah. But whatever was happening in the whole world happened to Elijah as well. Everybody's water got finished. His water also got finished. And you see, that is the excitement because it's mystical. You would have thought that because God is using him, okay, because God is moving, he will not be subject to natural things. And that's what you don't realize that because God is using, it doesn't mean you don't have to learn. It doesn't mean you don't have to behave. It doesn't mean you don't have to learn how to cook. It doesn't mean you don't have to behave in a certain way. Because God is using you because you are anointed. You are also anointed, but the water shortage has affected you as well. And all the wild things in the world affect anointed people as well. And that also brings the mystery that says, ah, if God is with us, if God sent me, if God sent me here, why has the water dried up? <laughs> but there will always be mysteries and questions when we get to heaven, we'll have the answer. But it's part of the mystery. If there was no mystery, there would be no you know, that's, what, that's, that's why we watch films with mystery. It's like, what's, what's, what's going to happen next? What's each series? The good series, you see that at the end of the series, uh, what is going to happen? Like right now, I'm, I was watching a series and I realized that what is going to happen next? I said, these people, they want to keep me busy. Man. So this is the mystery of God. So don't be surprised. Some of the mysterious things, when they happen, you ask yourself, like, what is this? But it's all part of the mystery and the paradox of serving God. Oh, yes. Number five. Are you watching? Number six. How many do you have? Am I in the right church? I hope I'm in the right place. The excitement of finding the poor people who you must work with. Excitement of finding the poor. God sent Elijah to Zarephath to find a widow. Wow! Why don't you send me to find a millionaire? <laughs> why don't you send me to one of the prosperous ladies in the system? Women with, I mean, regal, regal, dignified ladies. Wives of kings and wives of nobles. Rather, you send me to a, a widow, a woman whose husband is dead. Who has nothing, who is dying. This is where you send me to. See, this is one of the beautiful, exciting things about God. He, when you see, the work of God is always amongst the poor. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What people don't realize is that the excitement of the ministry is also because he has sent us to like where there is nothing. It's like there you see that God himself has to move. Because I'm a spiritual man, I am more excited to be in Bunkurugu, in Nalerigu, in any of those places than to be even in America. Truly. It, you see, there is some excitement because you see that only God, only God can move from here. Only God can move. <laughs> only God will move. Widow, that is where I've sent you to widow. Why don't you send me to a good woman? People who are not ready to love the poor and help ignorant poor nobodies, you, 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 you can't be in this shepherding work. I'm telling you, you have to resign now and, and go and find something great to do. 
This work is amongst the poor. It's amongst nobodies. It, that's why it was among students. Among, lot students have, a lot of students are very poor. And amongst normal people. It's not among the dignified. Very few nobles come to church. Few nobles come to church. Few people when they prosper and they become a certain way go to church. The Bible says that it's very difficult for a rich man to go to heaven. Are you there or you are leaving? God, why don't you send us to some better type of people? Anybody who feels you are in sitting with people that you don't think you should be with, please, you have to excuse us. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. If we understand this, we will go to the ends of the world. Our next crusade, we are gunning for, we are, we are in Madagascar, and our next crusade, we are in Central Africa Republic. You know, there has been no government there for some time. Oh, yes. I met some of our pastors from Central Africa, Bangui, and they were telling me, now there's United Nations soldiers, plenty, and Rwandan soldiers, plenty, and then Russians in Central Africa. That's how come even the places. Okay, these are the people that are there. Oh, yes. This way is society that God, because I told them, I said, when we finish here, we are going there. Oh, yes. And Rwandans are protecting them, and uh, Russians, and then UN. <laughs> oh, yes. A, a nation almost without a government. It's amazing. But these are the. Is it you? So, hey, is it safe? Is it this? That's why you never enjoy God. That's why you never enjoy God. When I started this church, the people who came to this church were from Ebenezer Secondary School. Do you know Ebenezer Secondary School? Yes, most poor boys and girls from Ebenezer Secondary School and boys from Collegono. They are the people who joined the church and became pastors. Nobody would join. Do you think any important person would join? Look at my pictures when I was, even, even if now I look wild, can you imagine how I was wild in those days? I mean, sometimes when I used to look at my face, I said, oh, I can see why people will not join the church. Oh, yes. Don't be put off by the smell of poverty or the smell of lack. Rather, let your spirit arrive because the anointing, the spirit of the Lord, the work of God is always amongst the poor. The Bible says the poor have been chosen for the gospel. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach to poor people. That's it. You don't like it, go. Amongst children, amongst students, amongst poverty-stricken people, amongst nobodies. And one day those nobodies, they will be flying private jets. Oh, yes. Are you excited about what I'm saying? And then the Lord, the Elijah told the lady, when he came to the gate of the city, the widow was there. And he said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me 
a morsel of bread. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, she and her household, and did it many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Now, the excitement of prosperity. The barrel will never waste. They were enjoying. Elijah was enjoying with the woman and her son. They were having a good time. So this is the excitement of divine prosperity. There are people who don't expect to see us at certain places, but they see us. And they are surprised. Hey, what are you also doing here? <laughs> hey, do you also come here? I once went to a restaurant. I think it was a Sunday. And I met a church member. You know, that time he wasn't so serious. He said, hey, are you coming to use the offering? You've, you've taken the offering, you've come to use it in the restaurant? People don't expect to see us at certain places. You don't expect to see us at restaurants. We'll be there. By the grace. As you serve God, eh, expect, you see, first the ravens, now a widow. You see, God is wild. You see, God is showing you that the thing now, it is wild. God is showing you that his prosperity plan is supernatural. When I even look at, if I look at the church, I say, ah, we have built almost 1,000 church buildings. Can you believe it? 1,000 church buildings, the class, classroom church at Collegon. I mean, we have not reached 1,000, but we are getting to 1,000. It's fantastic. I can't even imagine. When you see us in Cameroon moving from city to city, I mean, you can't even imagine the kind of operational, our trucks came on a ship, we had to fly here, there, different kind of operations. It's fantastic. Oh, yes. Yeah, I look at it, I can't believe. God is wild. He was using ravens here. Then he said, let's go out, do another checker star to show you, use a widow. Do you think there were no rich, rich women? He said, no, I want to use the widow who is about to die. God will use amazing, you even want to say, Lord, look at how you provided for me. How you provided for me. How you have provided for me. How you have provided for me. You know how I got my house? I went for a church program, convention. I always remember. And there was a man who came for that program, and we invited him. And then when he was going, the program was not over, but he had to leave. I just saw him off. I don't know how the discussion came. He said, oh, I'll show you a house. He said, I'll show you a house. That you can have. Oh, yes. At the door of the church. And God bless me. I had nowhere to stay. I was staying in my father's hotel. Room, one room for three years. And this man from church, I remember it was a church. And I used to think to myself, so if I hadn't had that program, this man would not, and he he said, oh, I'll, I'll show you a place. And he showed me the place, and it, it worked. Oh, yeah. I had nowhere to stay. 
from church. Going to church. You'll be, you'll be receiving houses and things that come just by just being around in the house of the Lord. Oh, yes. I think I'll stop. Oh, yes. How many want to be receiving some extra things? I mean, ravens have done their part. Widows will also do their part. Ah, that's too beautiful. Those of you online, widows and unexpected people will be providing and you'll be surprised. And you may have to swallow your pride to receive. Some of you that say, oh, I can't allow a widow to be serving me. Oh, how? Heaven is too low. I've come too low. I mean, I, I can't. Is this extortion? It's not extortion. It's supernatural power that is working. God is using the widow of all people. Number eight. We are ending. The excitement of spiritual sense. The scent. Oh, some of you are going to start smelling things in the spirit. And it came to pass after this that the son of the woman, the mistress, fell sick. And his sickness was so sore eh, that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, what have I to do with thee, man of God? Art thou come to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? And he said unto her, give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him into a loft where he abode. And he cried to the Lord, Lord, why have you brought evil? And he cried to the Lord, okay, and he stretched himself, verse 21, on the child three times and cried to the Lord, Oh Lord my God, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. Now, the woman said something that is very spiritual. She said, have you come to call my sin to remembrance? (laughs) You see, when you are a spiritual person, your presence stirs up people and makes them smell death or judgment. That's why they don't like you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, thanks be to God, who always causes us to triumph. For we are unto God a savor of Christ. In them that are saved. To the one. Verse 16. To one we are the savor of that word is smell. We smell of death. And to the other the savor or the smell of life. Who is sufficient for these things? The Holy Ghost. You see. That's why people feel condemned. You haven't said anything haven't said anything then they start to feel ah they are judging me are you here to judge me Elijah didn't say anything to the woman said you have come to call my sins up he didn't didn't preach to her he didn't say she's done something bad he said you've come to call my sins up because you could feel her sins rising by the presence of the anointed one she could send that her lies her deception her wickedness and everything was coming up and judgment was coming to her house just by his presence 
And that is how it is when you are a spiritual person. All sorts of people have ideas. Oh, you are judging me. You don't like me. You did that. You did this. You did this. Somebody once told me that I cut the phone. I cut the phone. I was like, I never cut any phone. I was so surprised to hear that. I cut the phone. I like cut the phone. <laughs> but if it was a normal person, you would have thought to yourself that, oh, the internet went off or something happened. But because of the savor, the smell, you see, in the realm of the spirit, there are scents. Like God said in his word, I will not smell your sacrifice again. Oh, yes. I will not smell your sacrifice. When, God, when Noah came out of the ark, he made a sacrifice and the Lord smelt it. So in the realm of the spirit, there are smells. And you see, that's how dogs operate. They may see you, but to confirm that it's you, they come and smell you. To confirm that it's you, they come to smell you to be sure that you are some, something they know. It's a scent. And in the realm of the spirit, you can smell. Christ himself, Jesus himself has a smell. And death has a smell. Sin has a smell. An aroma. And in the realm of the spirit, you can smell. And sometimes some people have a smell in the realm of the spirit that does not, it's not a smell which attracts. It's a smell which repels. And that's why boys come to you, they do everything with you, but they will never marry you and they'll never take you. Oh, yes. And the woman, she sensed it. She said, ah, you have, you have brought my sin. Oh, I've not, I've not preached, I've not mentioned any sins. Oh, you are making my sins come. My sins have come up from whatever. It's a, it's, it's a scent that you bring, a scent of judgment without speaking a word. It's a supernatural sensing that people feel. As if you are judging. I'm not judging you. So as you get on in the realm of the spirit and as you get working for God, you start to sense. So all these things, you see, God will even change your scent. Oh yeah, you see, God will even change your scent and your, your, your scent will even change in the realm of the spirit. That people will be attracted to you for good things, not for bad, because you can also attract the wrong things. Oh yes. The excitement of spiritual sense. And then finally, the excitement of spiritual contact. You see, Elijah lay on the woman, on the boy three times. Contact. You know, when you are excited in the realm of the spirit, you see, even a hug, a handshake. Me, I've shake hands with people, they just fall down. Oh, yeah. Every physical contact, you will, st- you will know it's, you, 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 you will take it as a spiritual contact. Oh, yes. Are you, are you used to just lay hand straight like this on their forehead? No, 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 no. Elijah didn't lay hand, he lay on the boy three times. That's the, you see that as we go around, we, we can be passing on things by contact. Oh, yes. It's an exciting life. Very exciting. So you don't need, you don't need drugs. You don't need C2H5OH. You need the Holy Ghost and all these wild things that are going on in the realm of the spirit. Oh, yes. Some of you have had sex with some people and they left a scent in you. Yes. A repelling scent that make you unattractive and unmarriageable and unuseful. Shall I stop or I should continue preaching?
Number one, put the points on the, on the screen. We are closing. Oh, yes. The excitement of standing in the presence of God. Do you have it that way? Number two, the excitement of prophecy. Number three, the excitement of direction. God said, turn east. Then number four, the excitement of supply. Yes, God will be supplying things to you. Number five, the excitement of the paradox of the anointing. That ah, if you are anointed and God sent you here, why has the water dried up? Yes. And the next one, the excitement of finding the poor who God has sent you to. Ah. I never knew that I would go to some of these places. Huh? Do you know at the crusade, I received delegations of pastors from Central Africa, from Equatorial Guinea. Delegations coming with letters, inviting us, saying, please come to us. Like Paul had a cry with a cry, come to Macedonia, come. Oh, yes. Oh, it's exciting to me. And the excitement of prosperity. Oh, yes. And the excitement of spiritual sense. I have a scent. A spiritual scent. Yeah. You also have a scent. The Bible calls it the savor of Christ. It is a scent of Christ. And to one, it's a savor of life. You can smell life. Some you can smell death. And the last one. The excitement of spiritual contact. From today, eh, let me tell you something. Any, don't touch people you don't want to touch. Respect, you see, that's COVID. You see that we stop shaking. Because of COVID, you see that something moves. Yes. And in the realm of the spirit, it's like that as well. Things move. Some of you hugging, you're just hugging. Hugging. You're hugging dragons. Dragon is hugging you. During the crusade, I saw a vision of a skeleton. It was like a kangaroo skeleton. You see, and you see that people will be hugging. You are hugging something. No, God is saving you from that. In the name of Jesus. Lift your hand like this. And tell God, I don't need cocaine. I don't need alcohol. I don't need boys. I don't need men. I don't need women. I don't need anything. I need God. I need God. I need to serve God. I need the excitement of serving God and following God. Father, bless everyone who has found their way here today, watching online. Bless every single person in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone watching, bless them with the excitement of Elijah's power ministry from the presence to the supplies to the provisions to the directions to the spiritual sense and the spiritual yes. contacts yes, Lord. and uh, following the prophecies yes Lord. provide yes Lord. bless yes Lord. everyone I pray yes Lord. thank you for your power that is released today in the mighty name of Jesus
Just speak to God for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh yes, we thank you. Praise you. Oh yes. We give you thanks. Oh yes. In the mighty name of Jesus. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you are here today, maybe somebody invited you, you want to give your life to Jesus. I also want to pray with you. But if you are here like that, you want to be born again. Just lift your hand like this. And I'm going to pray with you. You want to give your heart to Jesus Christ. Lift your hand. And only those who lift their hands are going to come to me. If you didn't lift your hand, I will not let you come. But if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ now, and want me to pray with you over that, then lift your hand now. This is your last chance. I'm giving you a chance. Lift it up high. I will not allow people who don't lift their hands to come. But if you want to give your life to Jesus... You want to have a new life with God from today. Lift your hand like this. God bless you. God bless you. God. All those who have lifted your hand, come to me in the front here. Come. Come with your hand up like that. Come. Come. Come and stand here. Come running to that mercy seat where Jesus is calling. His grace will be your covering. His blood will freely it will provide your healing come running to that mercy just stand here. Nobody else should come, please. Only those who lifted your hands. Now, I sense that there are some people who are supposed to be shepherds, but you are not. But today, I believe there are many people here. You are coming out of doing nothing, and you are going to become shepherds and workers. If you are here like that, you know yourself. You are not doing anything. You are not into anything. But you want to be from today. Lift your hand also like this. Lift your hand also like this. God bless you. God bless you. Lift your hands. In the congregation. Alright. You want to become a serious worker. In the house of God. Lift your hand. Because I will not allow those who don't lift their hands to come. You have to lift your hand now. If you want to be part of this group. I'm going to pray for you. All those who have lifted your hands, come to the front. Come to the front, to the side here. Come. With your hand lifted up, also come. All of you on this side, just move a bit to the side here. Just in front here, just move to the side here. Help them, ashes and pastors, help to what I'm saying. No, this side, these people here should come this way. Please, if you are here, you decide you decided that from today, you are going to join the army of the Lord. And you are going to be a shepherd and a worker. Come also to the front. I'm not expecting everybody, but I'm expecting some people. And I need you to come now. I'm going to pray with you. Oh, yes. We are going to work for God. 
Come quickly, please. Come quickly because we are we are closing. Sometimes people on this side want to be on this side, but after today, from today, you become shepherds. When I pray with you right now, you become shepherds after. All right. Lift your hands and let us pray. Say this prayer with me. Everyone join and say, Say, Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. Have mercy on me. I am a sinner. I know I am a sinner. Cleanse me. Make me a servant of God. I have done many bad things. I can't hear you. Say, I have done many bad things. Wash me and cleanse me with the blood of Jesus. From today, I open my heart and I receive Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Please write my name in the book of life. Now lift your hand like this. Say after me, Satan, from today, I'll not follow you again. I'll not obey you again. I belong to God. I belong to Jesus Christ. Lift your two hands. Say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I thank you for saving me today. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Now, you know what? There are so many people. What I'm going to ask you to do is, you see this lady, she's saying, follow me. But don't follow her. Everybody go back to your seats. And then after, when we close, those of you here and those of you here, come up to this, where they say podcast corner. That place. I look at the top, the written podcast corner. All of you come to this side. Okay? We are going to have a short meeting with you. And you'll be blessed. So just go back to your seats right now. Because we are going to have communion. You may be seated. Take your communion out. Now, this communion is another supernatural thing. I hope I, I'm, I'm talking to the right people because these are spiritual things. Maybe I should have waited for bishop school or something. I should have rather shared it with the bishop school or prophet school. Maybe I'm, I'm saying these things to the wrong people. Take the communion. Because it's, I mean, bread that is not bread. Bread that turns into the flesh of Jesus Christ. Mataka Lift it up. Watching by, on television, Healing Jesus TV. Those of you watching, join in with this amazing meal. Holy meal. Holy Take meal. each, this is my body, which was broken for you. Oh, yes. Drink, this is my blood, which was shed for you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Oh, yes. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. The cup of blessing which we bless, it's the communion of the blood of Christ. The bread which we break, it's the communion of the body of Christ. Oh, this is the Holy Spirit. It is the Thank you.
Father, may the body of Christ bless us and heal us as we receive this, the body of Jesus. May our sins be forgiven as we receive the blood of Jesus. All our mistakes, all our evil ways, cleanse us, make us new people. The blood of Jesus Christ, the blood. Lift your hands for your blessing for today. May the Lord bless you with an exciting and adventurous life in Jesus. May you be found in the service of the Lord following Jesus every day. I release you from dragons, from serpents, and from bondages of the world. I release you from deception that have attracted you that have called you summoned you and enticed you and seduced you you are released from them now may you be a good servant of the Lord now may the Lord supply all your needs as you serve him may the Lord bless all your needs as you serve him may the Lord heal all your diseases give you life. May you cross 70 with ease. I said may you cross 70 with ease. In the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever stands before you as an obstacle this week, it is cursed. It withers and it disappears. In the name of Jesus. Savior of the world. The blessing of the Lord. May the face of the Lord be turned towards you with a smile. May He make His face to shine upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.